time now for History Matters. We are joined in the studio by the one, the only, Scott Washington, historian extraordinaire, to catch us up or catch us up on uh, what's <laughs> happening, uh, what has happened in the past this yeah. week in history. I, I, wish there was I just completely to blew that intro. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's time for History Matters. Scott Washington's here. What's up? Well, well uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, it was one of those days we always scratch our heads going, ah, I don't know, is anything happening this week? Well, there is something. This week is when um, the Star-Spangled Banner was written by Francis Scott Key, who was actually kept aboard a ship really as a prisoner of the British where they were bombarding uh, Baltimore. And, of course, in the morning's light, then they see the flag. Well, that's the War of 1812, uh, kind of like Revolutionary War Part Two. The British are attacking America. They burn down the White House. But just to be, be clear, uh, America also tries to invade Canada. <laughs> and it doesn't go so well. A lot going on in the War of 1812. That's right. But this is a big deal in Canada, uh, September 13th is a birthday of a woman uh, named Laura Ingersoll, and probably known better for the candy uh, chocolate uh, that, that is made under her name. But um, in, uh, when, in, during the War of 1812, she's in near Niagara Falls, and she literally walks 20 miles to warn the British that it looks like Americans are coming, and they come and they defeat them. So it's a big deal in Canada that they repulse the Americans but for us, we're thinking of like uh, the Star-Spangled Banner and how you know we defeated the British too in, in our own way. So interesting. I, I like a war where everyone can walk out claiming that they won. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, certainly our thoughts go out to anybody in democracies because um, today is International Democracy Day, declared mm. by the United Nations, and uh, this year's the theme is. Uh, about uh, communication, freedom of expression, and how important that is. And the things we take for granted, being able to turn on the radio and listen to such a great radio station as WCHL, not everybody in the world can yeah. do. Great independent radio station that's as well. That's right, like, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a big deal. And uh, this is also the week when we have Constitution Day yep. on September 17th, uh, that date in uh, 1787 when... Uh, after a spring of four months when George Washington locked everybody in the room, said no press, and they came up with what they thought were going to be uh, revised Can we just versions. segue from Democracy Day where we're <laughs> celebrating the press to George Washington locking everyone in the room and saying, no media, none. <laughs> well, they was you got to have like an interim piece in hold between on, hold there. On. Wait a minute. All these people were elected, and they, they were there to look at the Articles of Confederation to see about revising it, and what comes out of it is something we now call the U.S. Constitution, the vanilla version, uh, legislative, judicial, uh, executive branch, nothing about a Bill of Rights or anything like that. North Carolina has a big impact on that. But when it comes out of that convention, um, and even James Mason, uh, who was a big proponent, uh, actually refused to sign the Constitution, as I understand it, uh, because he said it didn't have uh, protections of a, a Bill of Rights, and which was a big deal. Um, but when it, uh, it signed on the 17th, uh, the next step is, well, because they were still operating on the Articles of Confederation, was to send it out to the states for ratification. And that was a dicey process. In fact, the, um, the, the leaders of the country, just to hedge their bets, decided we're not going to try to make this unanimous. If we get 9 of 13, that's good. It's a go. They really didn't 
factor in like, well, what if somebody says no? That comes a little bit later when yeah. North Carolina digs in its proverbial tar heels over the issue of uh, Bill of Rights and uh, actually helps shift the conversation later on once the Constitution is in effect saying this is important enough that we do need to uh, adopt that. We've talked about the story of the ratification of the yes. Constitution a lot. You know, it's such so a fascinating it, story oh, because oh, when we gosh. think about like, oh, the Constitution, yeah, we love it, it's great. How, who could possibly be opposed to it? A lot That's of people right. were opposed to it, and there were a lot of perfectly valid reasons to be opposed to this provision or that provision or the whole thing, but just like the individual fights that went right. on. I know you know a lot about the fight in North Carolina. Oh, yeah. Rhode Island was just an automatic no. Like They didn't even <laughs> bother sending delegates to the convention. Massachusetts was almost a no right. until was it John Hancock and Samuel Adams like got people on board well we'll ratify it but with reservations we want a bill of rights right. and then all of the other states kind of got on board with that but every single state has its own fascinating story yes well uh, and here in, in uh, this state of course that article 5 which uh, talks about amending the constitution mm-hmm. um, that's what was seen as the thing that helped save it because it wasn't rigid it could grow and of course you know we think of our country today, what would be what would we be without? Like the 13th, 14th, 15th Amendment, the 19th Amendment, uh, giving women the right to vote. I mean, these are major things, and it's because of that flexibility that it allowed the Constitution to evolve. Uh, so when people sometimes say, let's go back the way it was written, it's like, well, just how far do you want to be Amish about this? <laughs> and I think that's important. Speaking with uh, Scott Washington, History Matters, uh, two more. What have we got? Okay. Well, this one is a little odd, uh, and I, I just it just comes up as September 12th. It's a birthday of a fellow named Richard Jordan, and you'll know his last name when I describe what he's doing. He was a physician, and... Um, then he was thinking about war and a deterrent to war, and so he invented a machine that he said would would hopefully help the wars stop sooner. His last name is Gatling, so he, this is the Gatling gun that he fires, and he thought that would help <laughs> prevent war. In fact, well, not quite. Okay, Rich. <laughs> not it didn't quite work out that way. Um, and uh, when I was hearing about uh, the terrible accident in Hillsboro uh, uh, that they're still uh, looking at uh, today, um, I was thinking about um, one other thing that came up this week, uh, a couple of odd ones. In 1830, there is a race because uh, the locomotive was coming and people were already saying, I can ride my horse faster than that. Well, they actually had a race. And this <laughs> first steam locomotive named Tom Thumb was racing against a horse, and then it had mechanical difficulties. The horse wins, <laughs> and of course that you know people were like, "I told you, we will never need the newfangled thing like a." Those eighty-five-year-old men in rocking chairs <laughs> sitting there watching the race. <laughs> That's right, and probably much uh, later too. Um, and but the the um, the book into this is what happens in nineteen forty-seven, uh, September eighteenth. Uh, when Bill France uh, and four other of these uh, racing entrepreneurs, they're flying over uh, around Hillsboro, and they see this oval track. And he's thinking about uh, starting some kind of racing venture. Uh, they enter into negotiations. They buy the track. They And then within six months, they're forming something that we know today as NASCAR. And this becomes one of the first racing tracks. It's actually, you can go there now. 
uh, in Hillsboro, the Okanichi Racetrack. It's a walking trail, but the track is there. You can actually walk around the track. You can have a, a walking races around the track if you want. Um, it's a really pleasant track. I was there is. just it's a couple really of weeks ago. Nice. It's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. The last surviving uh, dirt track, and of course, all of this came out of the, uh, uh, the time when alcohol was illegal during Prohibition, and uh, so people were trying to outrun the law, and they souped up their cars, and finally they are saying, well, my car can go faster than yours, and uh, this is the storied origins of how uh, race car, uh, uh, like an ass car, began. But uh, that's a little bit of Hillsborough history uh, that I think uh, makes, uh, makes for interesting uh, developments that any of us can go over there and see it. And all these other things that happened this week makes why we all say... History matters. And thank you, Aaron. And that is uh, History Matters. Scott Washington, thank you so much.